I have the privilege of introducing our speaker today. And it is a privilege for me because, for so many reasons, but one is because she's a friend of mine. Um, Ms. Renee Renziel is a pastor's wife. Um, her, her and her husband are great. I've only gotten to meet him a couple of times, but they are just really, really fun. And they have just dove in to serve and love people. And it is, it is a beautiful thing to see. They have two children. One of the ways that they minister to people, actually, is they surf. And they go, to the, they go to the beach during the summertime, and they have these surfboards, and they're just like, hey, you want to learn? How cool is that? So, Mom, if you want to learn, Renee. <laughs> As Leslie Ham and I were um, walking through the, the process of picking out a speaker, we had the privilege of going with Renee to the Teen Center. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that, but it's called Teen Challenge. And it, this is something that Renee goes and serves and speaks to these women who are not teens. They're, they're at a gamut of ages, but they are just have had a really, really rough time in life. And so they are there just trying to get their life together. And it was such a wonderful experience to go and be there with her as she is just pouring out her heart of love to these women who are hurting. Uh, and that, that really was such a pleasure. And this is something that she does on a regular basis. She teaches at Bible studies. She does a, a gamut of different things. And I am so excited and honored that I get to introduce her today. So here is our speaker, Renee Brunziel. How are we? Are you okay? Are you guys okay? Wow. I'm so excited that I could scare all of you immediately. <laughs> After such a lovely welcome, we burst your eardrums. Thank you. It was very sweet. You don't want me crying the first 10 seconds I'm up here, but I'm very pumped to be here. Gals, you're kind of got a mixed bag of a gal up here, so I'm just going to let you know who I am just a little bit so you feel like we can know each other. I've gotten to know some lovely gals at my table and smattered around, had some really cool conversations, so I already love being here, but you don't know what you're getting. So real quick, I'll give you my top 10 things that you need to know about me. Um, the number one thing is my name is Renee. I'm going to be 44 on June 7th, and I love God with all my heart, soul, and mind. Boom. I should know that, and then that, whew. All right, are we clear? Good. That's where I'm going. That's where I'm starting. Number two, I love my husband and two kids a lot. Like, he's supersonic. He's amazing. He's super cute. And yes, we surf all, surf all the time together. Two kids, daughter Taylor, 15. She's a freshman at Newberry Park High, and she's a rock star. And then there's Jake, who's 12. And I'll talk a little bit more about them as I go. And he is skateboarding now at Borchard Skate Park as a volunteer teacher. And my daughter is literally surfing with my husband somewhere in Ventura. Um, so, yeah, no shark bite calls and no broken arms would be great. Number three, I love sharing God's word, but I am not an extrovert. I'm learned extrovert. I do this because I feel like it's like the Moses complex. Like God says, hey, you need to say something. And I'm like, really? Huh. I kind of don't want to, but I do because I love God. Back to point number one. Just so you know where we're coming from. I sweat. My knees are shaking. Just you'll get over it. <laughs> you need to know that. It's important. It's not easy. So if you smile, it really does 
help me not sweat as much. Okay. Number four, jobs. I am a campus supervisor. Um, I like to call myself the yard narc at Maple Elementary and Sequoia Middle School. Booyah. Yeah. I know what teens are doing now in the public schools. I'm also a PE teacher. I do not sit poolside to get the raccoon tan look. I am out on a playground all day long, every day. So that's where the tan is from. And I also am starting an old new job as a receptionist in a local doctor's office. So can I take your order? Um, Fifth thing you need to know about me, my favorite pastimes. I love movies. I love reading. The last book I read was Battle Cry of the Tiger Mom by Amy Chua, which was like a nutty, great book. I loved it. It was like, you need to read it. It's really good. And it makes you not want to be type A and just be thankful you're a believer. It's a really good book. And uh, Made in Our Image by Steve Lawson. I'll be talking about that a little bit. And I love being in the Word every day till 8 a.m. and I renamed my bed the Word. So (laughs) you need to know that, that I'm in the Word every day and as long as I can and I renamed my bed the Word. Favorite snack? Movie popcorn with butter in the middle and on top and it's important because I'm paying $15 for a bag of popcorn. And I want it the way I want it. Number seven, quirks. I find stupid things super duper funny and they make me giggle. Don't take it personally. If I start giggling, it probably isn't you. It's the person behind you. (laughs) Okay. See, now she's concerned. My kids, I ask my kids, what are my quirks? And my daughter's like, mom, seriously, you talk with your eyes closed. I'm like, I do? So I overcompensate most of the time and look like I'm way overcaffeinated and possibly on crack cocaine. I'm not, but it looks like that because... She told me that, and it kind of is this little mom, don't talk with your eyes closed. It's, it's a moment. My son says, biggest quirk that he sees about me is if I don't know the words to a song, I make them up like they were meant that way. <laughs> so Justin Bieber's new song, something about I want to be your boyfriend, I'm a gentleman. I read it as I'm a German. <laughs> Listen to it. It sounds like he's saying I'm a German. So that's how I sing it. Eight, others see me as type A, and I am truly a B minus. You need to know that, because when I'm done here, I'm going to slip into a coma and watch a movie for about four hours. (laughs) Number nine, pet peeve. Entitled, disrespectful, bratty kids. See them every day. Can't stand it. It's my biggest pet peeve. I make sure I know that they know that they're entitled, bratty kid. Out of love. And number 10, my personal bummer is sometimes I tinkle a little when I sneeze. Pray that I don't sneeze. All right. Now that you know, it happens. And in a mixed bag like this, some of you are feeling me. You never know. But if you see me reach, just pray on the spot. It could happen. Okay. Now you know all the literal ins and outs about me. So have we leveled the playing ground? Okay, bow with me and pray. Let's let God take over this. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the privilege of sharing your word with this very specific group of women. Thank you for being our Lord and Savior. Thank you for knitting this whole event together from the chairs, the tables, the food, and every body that is in this seat, I thank you for putting here. 
bless this time. In your name we pray, amen. So, I uh, love the compact mirror idea. It's kind of a talk that I've tweaked a little bit for you all, but what is our reflection? We're going to be talking a little bit about being made in his image. And there's four points because there's going to be a type A person out there that's like, when is she going to get done? Well, you'll know because I'll tell you point one, two, three, and four. I'm going to tell you what the points are. You don't have anything to write with, but someone out there is going to want to know that. And the first point is made in his image versus made in our image. Second point, but God. Point number three, Windex. Point number four, fruit smoother reflection. Good luck. You now know the order of the events. So what I want to do is talk about being made in, in his image. Some of us have a really hard time piecing together We're like what does that mean? And in the world today, it's a little tricky. So I'm just going to clarify the way God views that. It says in Genesis 126, 126, then God said, huh, note to self, God said it, probably should pay attention to it. So this is about how we're made. Quote, let us make man in our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Clear, right? Say yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Teen challenge faux pas. I ask a ton of questions, so I'm going to really try to answer for you. Um, so not to put you on the spot. He created us and he gave us jobs. Huh. And in a society today... He, he gave us jobs. That's pretty good. But he gave us something to do. It's pretty specific. It's not like, boom, here we are and do whatever you want. He gave us very specific jobs. That's exciting. Verses 127 of Genesis. God created man in his own image. In the male and female, he created them. In case there was any question about it, he repeated. Good. Our image, I don't know if you caught that at the very beginning, but I want you to picture this our image. Who else could possibly be there with God, I'll tell you? God, his son, and the Holy Spirit. That's how we know that. Right there, our image. Plain as day, it's there. Are you glad? Good, I am. I'm super glad about that. It's the Trinity, three in one, right there. And he created man in his own image. Psalm 139 13 through 14, as Leslie had said early, found, for you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, knitted together. Have you ever knitted anything in your life? Raise your hand if you've knit something. Good. Put your hands down. If you have not, raise your hand. Good. Okay, raise your hand if you are an angry knitter. <laughs> I found out that I am. I'm a better crocheter than I am a knitter. I found that out. I tried to make a scarf, and it started off like, I don't know, 87 things. You have to count. A lot of counting. It's like math knitting. And then it like turned into a triangle wedge, so I quit because I'm an angry knitter. It got tighter and tighter, and all you knitters know what that's like. You need to just chill out. Just loosen up, and I had a really hard time with that. What then is his image? If we were made by him in his image, some of the characteristics that we know is his image is God is righteous. God is just. He is holy. 
He's true. He's powerful, mighty, unchangeable, good, wise. God is love. He's jealous. He's wrathful towards sin. And yeah, changed it up on you. It wasn't all fluffy. It got kind of hard right there. Wrathful towards sin, all-knowing, eternal, and my favorite, he's perfect. He's perfect. We were made in his image. Just marinate that for a while. Let it soak. We'll put it on the burner in a minute. Some of his names or titles are Prince of Peace, Holy One, Counselor, Mighty God. We were made in his image. I feel a little underdressed knowing that we were made in that image. You all look wonderful. I'm just saying, at times, it's, it can be overwhelming. But what we've done with that and what we tend to have done over the years is that although God made Adam and Eve, one little thing happened in that garden where he plopped them. Three-letter word, not a four-letter word, three-letter word wreaked havoc. Think, sin, heard it, own it. It's there. It's out there. It's here. It's all over. Sin slithered in and made them start doubting who God is. That's where the world comes in. And there have been consequences ever since. And we can't ignore them. It's a part of it. You can be the most positive speaker in the world, but you can't ignore sin. It's out there. Ugliness is out there. It just is. Right now, some of you are like, oh my goodness, I don't like, don't like her. She's not very positive. She's said sin 18 times already. <laughs> yep, it's the full picture, and we need to know that. It slinks in. The similar snake that we deal with today in sin is the world. To me, the world and the snake and sin are all the same, and it's subtle. Sin doesn't walk around with a red jumpsuit and a pitchfork. We think that. Look at how obvious it is, and it's super-duper subtle. It just slithers right in, changes our view. And so suddenly what we've done is we've started recreating who we think God is based on that sin, somewhere, something. It's an idea, and we've listened to it. We've run it around, thought about it, and suddenly we've bought it, and we've doubted who God is, who he, if he even made us. Wait a second. Those are just a bunch of old Bible stories. That couldn't have happened. That Noah. I saw the movie. It didn't happen. That was Steve Carell. So I was reading this great book by Steve Lawson. And he says, and it, the book is called Made in Our Image. It's not a, one of those heady theological books that my husband has all over the house. It's one of those books that you can read and learn and apply, but it's super jam-packed, just full of solid teaching. So I like those. And I like Christian fiction too, but this is a good learning book. But it doesn't take you like three days to power through a paragraph. Do you know which books I'm talking about? The intimidating ones that you're like, what? Like four-syllable worlds everywhere. It's not like that. And he says, quote, in one way or another, all man's subsequent, does use the word subsequent, so I got past that. In one way or another, all man's subsequent woes can be traced back to a distorted view of God. I believe this beguilement is taking place all around us today. Satan has crept undetected into our lives and churches, whispering in our ears time and time again, has God indeed said that? And causing us to question his holiness, his love, his sovereignty and righteousness. In so many ways, we have allowed the devil to distort our view of God, and that has led us down a path of poor choices, starting with the one to make God 
in our own image. We've changed our view of God. We do it all the time. We underestimate who he is. We've chopped his legs off. <laughs> We've minimized his power, taken it away. We've even renamed it. A little bumper sticker, you might have even seen it, probably more in the 80s, I'm a little older, but Jesus is my co-pilot. Really? You want to go in a plane where Jesus is your co-pilot and I'm flying it? Is that a plane you want to get on? No, the answer is no. Jesus is the plane. He's the pilot. He made it. He's the air surrounding it. That's the plane you want to be on. We've just made him our co-pilot. I've also written on my sweet mirror, I'm not a controller because I've renamed it. I'm a planner. Huh, justify it. Let's change the name a little. Sounds better. And then you can keep controlling, right? You can keep calling the shots. It's all right, Jesus, I got this. Sit in that jump seat over there. I'll call you if I need you. You think Jesus is cool with that? Answer is no. We've made him our Santa Claus, blessing some with gifts and the ones that we don't like coal in their stockings. And we want him to be our celestial Santa. Sometimes we want him to be our BFF. God loves me. I, I'm a mess, but... Jesus loves me. I don't care if I ran her over with my car. You love me, right, Jesus? And we're crying and falling apart, and Jesus loves us just as we are. Boy, are we selling Christ short. He wants better than our worst. He forgives, but he wants you to change. But we've leveled him. He's our BFF. He takes me as is and keeps me there. Don't ever settle for a God who would do that. Keeps you there. You. Spiritual fortune cookie. God and little tidbits. That's always fun because that's all I can handle right now. I've got a busy life. Don't get talking to me about other stuff. Just sprinkle a little God on the top. Let me see what, nope, don't like that one. Try another one. <laughs> Spiritual fortune cookie. Gosh, church, really an hour? <sighs> I've got places to go. Just a tidbit. That's all I need is just that hour. You're kidding yourself if you think you can grow on just an hour. By the way, we're pretty critical in that hour too when we sit there and say, and you know what, pastor? I'm here for an hour. Wow me. Wow me. I've heard this one before. I could have read that on my own, but do we? Nice critical spirit. We need to look at Ephesians, verse 2, and I'm going to camp out a little bit in Ephesians today because that book is chock full. If I were to come across a new believer, I would encourage you, look and read six chapters, not very long, chock full of the bottom line, your found, our foundation is Christian faith and how to live it out. It is a beautiful, easy read book, Ephesians. Ephesians 2, verses 1 and 3. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. To me, when I read that verse, all I can think about is the world. That's all I can think about. The world wants us to focus on ourselves, not him. The world wants us to make, be a God ourself. 
wants us to esteem ourselves more. Everywhere you look, it's self. And that's why I have this mirror. We've been given the opportunity to reflect in life. We are people, we do reflect. But what we reflect is completely up to what you put in and what you truly believe, what you truly believe. To me, this is the world. This is the world. We've got Fast Company Magazine, are you the best? And sometimes we even, in college, I used to do this, we'd fill our mirrors with stuff like that. And of course, coffee, I can't even get going if they have 18 cups of coffee in the morning. And then I realize, hooray, me! Oh my goodness! I need a cheerleader, so I'm gonna cheer myself because I'm fabulous, queen of me. And you know what? I'm gonna be productive today because I have a responsibility to myself to be productive today. And doggone it, rebel, rebel, rebel. Yeah, don't give in to those prom trends. You be your own person. And while you're at it, get a tattoo. And you can, you can win. You can get there. You can be first to the top. And you can own it. Just fight it out. Yeah. Thank you. You're my favorite. <laughs> you know those mirrors at the rest stops that they used to? I don't even have mirrors and rest stops anymore because all the vandalism. But those mirrors that when you would go to the restroom when you're camping or at a rest stop. And it was like this piece of metal buffed out so you could kind of see your face and maybe your ginormous circus hair. Because it was, you know what I'm talking about? I call the truck stop mirror. That's kind of like what the world is doing. It's distorting the truth of your reflection. It's doing that and we're buying it. You can't put your makeup on in one of those truck stops. You can't. You can't even. You're like, what? I have four eyes. Seriously, which one do I choose? You can't. They put them like in the fairgrounds and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, sign of CD environment. Run away. Don't be in this bathroom. But what we need to do is realize that we have bought into the world. We've accepted it. We've owned it. We've pinned it up, looked at it, worn it, and show it all over the place. Point number two, but God. Key two words in Ephesians again, but God. Probably two of the most powerful world, words in scripture, but God, and that's one T. Just to be clear, that's not God's but, but God. So I'm going to read it to you, Ephesians 2, 4 through 10. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Who? Christ Jesus. Said it three times. Stay with me. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. <sighs> you guys, there's nothing you can do to save yourself. He gave you a gift. You get to receive it. You get to just 
relish in it. It's like Christmas. Even though you're a giver, you know there's givers and takers, and you're like, oh my gosh, you know. You, if you're a giver, you hate the takers, and if you're a taker, you hate the givers. It's just part of what we do. And so the giver is always like, I want to see their reaction. I want to see their reaction, because you just want to give gifts all the time. I think most of us are like that. In fact, most chicks are like that. <gasps> most women. Sorry, I said chicks. I say it a lot. Sorry about that. But for the most part, it's difficult to receive a gift, I would say, for women, because we like to give them. Although we do love giving, receiving gifts from our husband, the right, oh boy, I just derailed on that one. Forget it. Bad example. Bottom line is, we've been given the best gift of all time. It's eternal. It's forever. It's now. It was, it is, and it will be. It's all of it. In one, we've been given that in Jesus Christ. We have to receive it. You can't earn it. You can't work your way to get a bigger gift. You can't do anything but receive it. I love but God. A friend of my husband said those two words. On those two words, after wrestling with scripture for a year, he came to know the Lord. He accepted Christ and said, I want in because it has nothing to do with what I am. It has everything to do with who he is. And that's what we're trying to do. It's who he is. Not how spiritual aerobics I can do. Clearly, I'm not a polished speaker, but he's gonna use you. He'll do it if you're willing. He's willing. You didn't do anything to get it. He just wants to give it to you. As Jen said, that I've had the privilege of working at Teen Challenge, and I see some pretty broken gals. Once a month I go, and all over the room in Teen Challenge, they've got uh, a before picture shot, and uh, it's an entrance picture. Most of them have been on uh, a multitude of drugs for 11 plus years, and um, they're pretty wrecked when they get in there and they take a picture of them. And I mean, they're wrecked. They've been in fights, they've been left, they've been plopped out from an alley and stuck in this place. Some of the gals though, in all fairness, they're there on their own because it's a year program and they're dealing with a bigger issue. It's not always a drug-related you know, substance abuse. It could be a, a severe bout of depression. It could be an eating disorder. And it's, it's a place, a safe haven. It's a year-long program of work and I asked our church library is getting rid of a, a ton of Christian fiction books. Can I give them to you? And they're like, no, thank you. But we're using one book for this year, every year. That's God's word because it's sufficient. And you go there and you listen to these gals sing and you get the chills. Ugh, almost brings me to tears just thinking about it because they're singing praise in honor to the one who made them and sent their son to save them. And they get it, because they've been in a gutter. They've been totally chained to a substance and Christ freed them from that. It's amazing. There's no medical doctor on campus and these gals within two weeks are boom, done with heroin. Do you think it can happen? I didn't, and it can, it can happen. And there is testimony, thousands, thousands of gals with Christ in them have kicked it, 
habit after habit. It has 86% recovery rate. 86%, if you know anything about rehabs, that's unheard of. That is unheard of. And they're turned back out in, excited to be a part of society, strong, filled. They've got a bottom line. Their foundation is there. Why? They've been focusing on his image for a year. Imagine if we checked out for a year and we're told, focus on his image for a year. Would we be different? You don't have to answer that one. I do know the answer. That's where this mirror comes in. The sweet little simple mirror. You looking? Super plain, I think it was like $4.99 at Big Lots. Um, it's my favorite store. I love Big Lots. I forgot to tell you that on this worldly mirror, I um, wanted to put some of the hangups. This one comes with hooks that I put on. And it has all these different things that we can hang on our mirror to remind us that we have issues. I love the ADD, ADHD, OCD, PhD, and the DPUP. <laughs> Ask me later what DPUP means, because I'm being taped and I don't want that to go on the tape. It's not dirty, it's just slightly inappropriate. All right, so the other mirror doesn't have any hooks or any bells and whistles. It just has its purpose. No writing on it. Super understated. Sound like anyone you know? Let's say I said his name three times. Jesus Christ. Pretty average guy. Although he was our savior. God made him in the form of man to grace our earth. Average build. Job. Was he a stockbroker? Carpenter. Pretty average guy. Hard worker. You catching what I'm saying here? Not a glammy man. No GQ for him. That was not his gig. Jesus wasn't about that. Seriously, he wasn't trying to get on Fast Company 500 or whatever that magazine is. Was not, didn't have an iPad. Coulda. I'm thinking he coulda. He was God. Right? He coulda. Think about it. I don't know. Maybe go there another time. This is his mirror right there. Okay, so when I look at that mirror, since I'm a movie buff, I like the Indiana Jones movies. Please tell me, nod your head yes, you've seen or heard of them. Okay, don't like four, didn't like two, liked one and three. So on the third one where he goes into that cave, do you know what I'm talking about? And there's that wise old knight guy in there and that creepy guy goes in there and he's like, give me the chalice of the savior. And he goes, choose wisely. And then that rotten guy goes in there and he gets the gold gaudy cup with jewels all over it. He drinks it and he melts. He like blows up and melts. Do you remember? Yeah. So then Harrison Ford dun, 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 goes in there. And he's like, the chalice, the chalice of a carpenter. And he looks at all these chalices and it's like this wood hand carved, well-worn cup, the cup of a savior, cup of a carpenter. And he drinks it dun, 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 and he saves the whole show. That is what we're looking at. That's the mirror. It's called humility. It's humble. And it has very specific job to do, and that's reflect. Just reflect. Don't dazzle. We're not dazzling. It's not as hard as we make it out to be. It's very simple. So we look at that mirror, and we think, yeah, I want to be that mirror. And I look into it, and I think, Oh my goodness, I need a facelift. I need better boobs. 
I can say that in a room of women. We look in, for ways to improve ourselves again. Even being told that, that Christ is our savior, we look into the mirror and think self again. So we can tell it's probably gonna be an ongoing temptation, right? Oh my goodness, that little baby girl is just absolutely adorable. We need to remember that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, but we can't take that context or those words and say, yes, and the world revolves around you, us. That's not what that means. It should give us a confidence, but it should give us a confidence in him. And that's what we need to do. We need to make sure that we don't stare into the mirror, which is hard to do. I mean, we gotta brush our teeth and fix our hair and things like that. We can't be totally consumed with me. We have to be consumed and think, the next time you look into a mirror or carry that compact, you have to think, but God, what did he do with us? We have a job to do, just like he said in the beginning. So to recap, we're dead in our sins, made in our image, but God makes us new in Christ. For what reason? Let's look. Ephesians 2, 9 and 10. This is the reason. Not as a result of works so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in him. Clear? So that we would walk in him. I'm not making this up. Pretty simple. It does not say so that Renee would get a following and she would get a Twitter account. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say anything like people following me. It says we as believers, God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in him. Point number three, Windex. Here's the gearing up. We need to gear up to reflect. Some of us are living here, all of us, in some ways or form, maybe not as full out as that, maybe like one thing on there. Ephesians 4, 23, throw off your old evil nature and your former way of life, which is rotten through and through. I love that. If you have a beef with anything that I'm saying that's like in your face, it's with God's word. Can't be mad at me. It's right there. It's crazy how crystal clear that is. I know for a fact that I'm rotten through and through. And I'll tell you about that in a second. I, I don't like admitting it, but and now it's on tape. Which is rotten through and through, full of lust and deception. Instead, there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. You must display a new nature. Reflect a new nature because you are a new person created in God's likeness, righteous, holy, and true. That's all of us. Once we have Christ, we accept him as our Lord, as he was sent to be. We're holy, righteous, and new. Booyah. That's pretty exciting. That's pretty powerful. So what do you think? We start tomorrow. That's kind of the gist of what happens. We get fired up and we're hearing all these, yeah! And then you get home and you're like, I got a garden, I got to pick up this kid, I got a grocery store, oh my goodness, I got an event coming up, my kid's getting married, I'm not pointing names. I'm just saying, things happen. Things happen and we lose sight. I'm going to start that new reflection thing tomorrow or the next day. 
And the next thing you know, two years have gone by. And you pick up a compact mirror that's hiding down in your purse from this event, and you're like, wow, I kind of forgot that I need to be, how am I being a reflection? How am I renewing my brain, my heart, my mind? Kind of let that one go. Romans 12, 1, therefore I urge you sisters by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. We have a job to do. It keeps coming around. We have a job to do. We can't just accept and sit. We receive and walk. We receive and walk in whose way? In whose image? The world or his? He's very specific. It's his image. It's his way. Point four. You with me? You girls okay? How are we doing? I mean, if you think about it, I can say it. We hear the scripture. It seems pretty chill. It's pretty tough to do because we're so ingrained in the world. The fact that I know that Justin Bieber was gonna be a gentleman and not a German means I listen to music. It matters. I know a lot of other lyrics to songs I wanna forget. It's on, it's there. TV, I'm not saying break your TVs. It's hard, it's tempting. It's in our homes, it's everywhere. I work on a junior high campus. I'm cussed out every day. Oh yeah, no shocker here. Every day. Kids aren't getting better. They're being less trained every day. I blame the parents. You should see the notes that the parents write to the teachers because their sweet cherub who's stealing bikes is not getting an A. It's not the kid's fault. It's the teacher's fault. I hear it all the time. Are you kidding me? It's gross. I'm not going to quit. I'm gonna walk in his image on that campus. I am, that's my job. I have a great opportunity. I'm one of the few that doesn't get killed. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Us yard narks, we gotta stick together. I have a great opportunity to do that, but it's tricky. The challenge is for me. I know where I'm going, they're not saved. Some of them haven't heard it. Some of them don't care if they've heard the truth, the gospel. They don't care. So I have a job to do. We have a job to do wherever we work or are. If it's on a college campus, secular, wherever, Christian campus, oh my goodness. They're terrible too. How do I know? My husband went to one. He was like the head partier. Oh my goodness, he's gonna love that one. <laughs> it's true. Sin is everywhere. If we don't think it's everywhere, then we're buying a lie. Self-righteous, critical lie. It is everywhere. It's tough. But we have a job to do knowing the truth. That's to live it out. We should look different in his image. We should act different. We should sound different. God doesn't not want me to laugh at silly things. That's not the goal. 
to just be like robots. I love Jesus. That's not what God wants me to be. He doesn't want you to not be creative. He's giving you the gift and talent. Use it. But we need to be giving him glory and be concerned about everything we do in his image. I don't know. It's pretty clear. Some of us, that stuns us into non-movement. Rut row. I'm going to be held accountable. Yes, you will. Try. Try. Just walk. Aspire to be Christ-like. Concerned about God's will and his image. We have to learn to care more about others than ourselves. That's a trick. It's really hard to do. It's really tough to do. Some of us have to learn just how to care. If I had a dollar for every time I heard a kid say to me, I don't care. I don't give a flying fat. Except it's not flying. If I had it, I'd be a millionaire by the end of this year. <laughs> it's, not, it's not normal for these kids today. We have to create that new norm. We've got to be this group of women right in here, the ones that are changing how we reflect for his glory. We've got to do it. The world needs us more now than ever. Point four, fruit smoothies. Let's juice up. See, even juice has a whole different term now. It sounds kind of like workouty. What is that? When you, what are those? Steroids, not that kind of juicing. All right. I work on a junior high campus. My humor comes from a different place. <laughs> so what should we be reflecting? Galatians 5.22, I'll tell you. This is fun. You're going to like this. But the fruit of the Spirit, because remember, made in our image, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. <gasps> it's a perk. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So I think when I first read that, when I first became a Christian, I was like 18. I was like, oh my goodness, look at the fruits of the Spirit. Wow, this is great. Yummy, it's our gift. That is so cool. And I've equated different, the, the, like the fruit to fruit. Like a banana would be like kindness, kind of bland or whatever, which is really stupid, don't do that. And then I was like, I don't have patience and I hate patience, so I'm just, look at that. It's still a really yummy fruit bowl without, I mean, eight is pretty good to have eight fruit of the spirit. That's not working for me. So I'm just going to chuck that one. And then when I realized, when I was talking to my husband, this is, oh my goodness, we're almost at our 20th anniversary. Since I never had patience, clearly God neglected to give me that fruit. And then he was like, duh, Renee, read this. So then I realized that I do not have a hidden bottle of scotch in here, which I've never bought alcohol. Just kidding, that's a lie. But never bought scotch. All right. This is a V9. This is a fruit fusion. This is what lives in you. I'm just kidding. Fruit fusion does not live in you, but it is like that in the Holy Spirit sense. You get all nine and cannot pluck any one out. You can't. 
you get them all. It's one. It's fruit of the Spirit. Did you know that? Whatever. Teacher's pet. She's like, yes, I knew that. I knew that. The answer is no. I didn't know that. Renee, you're amazing. We prayed about that. We don't want Renee to be praised. It's not about me. It's about God. Jen. It is a whirlwind of fruit smoothie living within us. That's your visual aid. So the next time you go to Jamba Juice, order nine things. No, don't do that. It's gross. I tried it. It doesn't work. It's super gross. It just like turns out green and there's mud in it. All right. It's a fruit fusion and we can't neglect that we have it. It's this power that we have. Jesus is living in heaven. He's coming back, but he's there. God is almighty, sovereign everywhere, gave us the Holy Spirit. Because see, we're not powered by ourselves, remember? Can't work that way. If I believe in myself, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'd probably be in Teen Challenge if I believed in myself. Because Renee wants what she wants when she wants it. I am selfish. I'm a sinner. I get angry. I struggle. I have the Holy Spirit powerhouse living inside of me because I accepted the gift of Jesus Christ gives me boom instantaneously now does that mean that that mirror right there turns into the Jesus mirror instantaneous it didn't work that way for me there were things that were stripped as God brought them to my attention took them out plucked them out I used to talk like a sailor plucked that out like the week I became a believer, gone. Guess what? I was still fun. And I didn't have to talk like a sailor. <laughs> Imagine that. Clean up your language. Boom. Other things that weren't so easy for me to get rid of. Anger. I had some deeper rooted issues there. It wasn't until I had a kid that really brought it out. True story. My neighbor, this is years ago, my daughter was three and a half and my son was one and a half and I was making him move a wood pile because I'm that mom that says, hey kids, we're going to move the wood pile today. That'll be super fun. And I tried to make everything like there was probably popsicles involved. I don't know. But they're like, yeah, mom, we're going to move the wood pile. And I'm like, put it over there, put it over there. Before I knew it, someone dropped something somewhere and I was like, pick it up. And this fun outing turned into like, H-E double hockey sticks, mom, just freaking out. And the neighbor comes to us and he goes, you know, Renee, you're doing a great job with your kids. And I'm like, oh, thanks. And he's like, I know, I hear you yelling at them all the time. <laughs> oh, kind of popped the bubble. I was like, you can hear me yelling at my kids. He's like, oh, yeah, but they're great kids. It's really working. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is a true story. That was a divine moment for me personally. One that I decided to start praying for patience. Clearly, I didn't have them. And I was reflecting to my neighbor that I didn't have them. Do you see? And my sweet little cherub daughter looks at me one day and goes, Mommy, you know that a gentle answer turns away wrath and a harsh word stirs up anger. Who taught you that? <laughs> Those sing-along songs in the minivan. That's what taught her. And she's hiding God's word in her heart and using it as an arrow to her anger-filled mother. 
doggone if I didn't learn from that defining moment in my life and need to work on that every day thereafter. It's not a one-time work on. It's an ongoing process. Love, out of the nine fruits, love first. Oswald Sanders says, love is given first place in the list since all other manifestations of the fruit are but various forms of love. It is the foundation and moving principle of all the others. It is the spirit's pleasure to produce in the Christian's heart a deepening sense of God's love and the disposition to love him in return. I love that. Joy, deep and true, and can be experienced in and during much affliction. It is not to be confused with happiness. My daughter, I call her my joy bubble. That's my Suge. She's that girl. She has joy in the midst of affliction. She had a real bad bout with scoliosis. You'd never know it. Wore a brace, hard casted brace for two and a half years. Fifth grade into junior high, you'd never know it. You'd never know it. She's my joy bubble. Funny thing, God gave her surfing. Couldn't pick a better sport to strengthen your back. All that paddling, it's just a blessing. God blessed her. And now she can talk to other kids. She's always been like, well, God made me this way. Even at a young age, it's always surprised me. I'm like, oh, you're nothing like your mother. You're so much better. Peace and inner tranquility, harmony and contentment, living in conformity to God's will of us, whatever the circumstances may be. With Christians and church bodies, we need to live in harmony with others and lead the way. To me, peace is unity. We need to live together, work together. My biggest struggle with church is the people. I'm sure I drive them nuts all the time. Every time I show up at church, they're like, there's Renee. I'm sure of it. I'm sure I get underneath someone's skin. I'm probably underneath someone's skin right now and I even go to this church. <laughs> it's not hard to have a critical spirit. It takes some effort to pursue peace within a body of believers. But I tell you, we're getting fewer and fewer spread apart. We need to rely on that. God created the body of believers to work together. We got to do that. Have you listened to the news lately? Christians, man, God's tricky. We're, we're really, start, it's starting to thin out because the world's kind of winning a little bit. The world would want you to think that. Jesus Christ, he's the victor. We got to live like he's the victor. That's peace. That's peace. Patience, long-suffering, Huh, learned that a few years ago. Keep relearning it, patience. Long-suffering towards others, especially people you don't like. Uh, especially kids, people that are tough to be around, people that shoot daggers at you. Refusal to retaliate or get even, even if it's deserved. That's what patience is all about. When someone wrongs you, and they will, because we're all sinners, it's gonna happen. And they say, I'm just so ba ba da ba And you're like, whatever. Yep, 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 yep. Patience is, it's all right. I'm just gonna let that go. It's not my battle. I'm not gonna engage in any of that. I'm gonna have patience. That's what that is. I'm not gonna retaliate a wrong with a wrong. That's what patience is. That's why I call that a lemon. 
It's a tough one to swallow alone, but when added to most anything, it really adds a great kick. That lemon does. It makes a huge difference when you put sugar with that lemon. Have you ever noticed when you have patience with someone, nine times out of ten, they come back and they're like, I was just a jerk. I am so sorry. We forgive me. That happens in marriage all the time. You know, when we're just rude to our kids, I am so sorry. I way overreacted. And that person receives you with the patience. They're just like, hey, no worries. It's okay, mom. <laughs> Guess who's usually the one overreacting? Gentleness. Our disposition to our neighbor. Much like kindness, not to be confused with weak, but power in reserve. It is strong and helpful. That's gentleness. Goodness. Christ went around doing good. Goodness. A kind action. If you call someone a do-gooder, or if you are called a do-gooder, thank them. It's a good thing. It's a really good thing. This is my son. My son's that kid who says, Mom, I'm going to go skateboarding. Is there anything you want me to do first? I want you to take out four trashes and take the... He's like, okay, got it. And does it. We're going to keep Jake. (laughs) (laughs) He's that kid. He just is that kid. It is nothing that I have done. It is how God made him. It's true. I'm going to take in the credit for that. Same with Taylor. We were fearfully and wonderfully made, all of us, with gifts and talents. God did that, not me. God did that with you as well. Kindness, meekness. Jesus said, the meek shall inherit the earth. A noble element, this trait, is totally misunderstood. It's reasonable, not weak. A lot of people misconstrue kindness and meekness. It's like an animal that has been domesticated and conforms to his master's commands. Interesting, isn't it? When you see a well-trained animal or a pet, what they're willing to do for you once they've been trained well. That's kind of the view. Aristotle said kindness to be anger on a leash. Sanders points out that kindness or meekness was like Jesus at the temple. There you go. That's the right view of Jesus's anger. Meekness, faithfulness, fidelity, trustworthy, dependable, someone you can always count on. It's living inside of us for the spirit. Self-control, number nine. Ugh. Temperance. I know I should be like, yay. Uh-uh. That's a hard one for me. Some of you love that. I don't. Um, hold on with a firm hand, self-control. Keeping in mind it's not of the flesh but of the spirit that provides us this self-control. Side note here, I wish that during the last 10 years when we were busy filling our kids' minds to have a strong self-esteem, I wished we would have changed that term to self-control because our kids' problem today is not esteeming themselves too poorly. That's not the problem today. I hate to say it. They might lack confidence in different areas, but we're supposed to have confidence in Christ not ourselves. We have a lot of self-esteem out there. Let me just read you what Webster says self-esteem is. Self-esteem, according to Webster's, is confidence and satisfaction in oneself. Self-respect. Self-conceit. It's arrogance. Self-esteem. Never in scripture does it say we are to esteem ourselves higher than anyone else. Never says that. It says the opposite. Consider others better than ourselves, right? 
Oh my goodness. Mind shift, did you know that too? You probably did. You are pretty amazing. I'm going to ask you a barrage of questions just so you can marinate it around in your brain. We need to reflect who we are in Christ. As a new Christian, regardless of your age, some people become saved when they're 80. It doesn't matter how old you are when you decide to receive that gift and become a believer. You want to see if that desire is to be a living reflection of Christ. That's the goal. And how are you going to carry that out? Maybe you're 18, maybe you're 12, maybe you're 10. It's the same question. How are you going to carry out that reflection as unto the Lord? As a mature Christian, regardless of your age, do you still desire Christ humbly and look for ways to serve? Do you look for ways to share your faith? Do you look for ways to bring people in so that they can see the glory of God? We lose sight of that as mature Christians. We think we're too old. We think we can't relate. There's newer, hipper churches out there that do worship differently. They don't want to hear from me. We underestimate God using us because of our age. It's really quite silly. The older you are as a believer, the more wisdom is in there. The more you have to offer. Mature women, how do we reflect being holy? Do we represent being transformed? How do we reflect being a wife? How do we talk about our spouse in mixed company? How do we talk about our spouse when he's not in the room? Ooh. Sorry, babe, sorry about the party comment. How do we reflect being a mom? How do we reflect serving in the church? Is it a burden? Does it look like it's a burden based on my attitude? Do we model doing everything without grumbling or complaining and expect our kids to never grumble and complain? How do we reflect talking about others in the church? And are we a part of the gossip mill? We all have been given a mirror here on our table. What I want you to do is when you, don't take it out because that might be a chore. What I want you to do is the next time you look in the mirror, look at it the, from the perspective of a but God mirror. Look at it from a perspective of he made me, he made us in his image. Are we gonna be transformed? Is it just in this room that we're gonna reflect God's image? Or is it gonna be at the mall, in the car, merging on the freeway, at our friend's house, at the movies, waiting in line for Starbucks for an hour? Is it going to be at church at the next event that they didn't kick the air conditioning on and you're so annoyed at it? Not that anyone's doing that. I'm just saying, our faces and our reflection is looked at. It's contagious. And we set the stage for the type of reflecting we do. Let me just recap and finish up by saying that without Christ, we are living in the world and the world is our driving force. If you take Christ out of the picture, the world will own you. It's got a battle. There's a battle, whether you want it or not. Christ wants you, he's already died for you. The world wants you in the most subtle ways ever. 
settling, cheating, gossip, critical spirit. The world wants you. And every time there's a rock star that gets on that stage to accept the award after they sang the most trashy song and says, thank you, Jesus, I just want to throw up because Jesus had nothing to do with that trashy song. And you know who's happy? Satan's happy that that guy just yelled out, thank you, Jesus. It's a slap in his face and Satan's happy. We need to change that. We need to realize that what we were doing, how we were living, is a reflection of the Savior in our lives and is the image we have ultimately of our divine, perfect God. That's what we need to wrap our brains around, that we need to be living in his image and reflecting that daily. And you will, I promise you, because this is his promise, you will have no greater joy in your life if you live according to his image. That's it, gals. That's all I got. That was so great. I um, thank you, Renee, so much. I feel so blessed by what she shared with us because I feel like there are so many of us in this room and we are all so different, but I feel like each one of us can, um, I don't know, the things that she said resonated with each one of us in a different way. And so I'm so thankful for that.